Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the promise that you've given to us. We thank you for your word. Help us to stand upon that promise today. Uh, Give us, Heavenly Father, today eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive the promise that you are giving to, to us today in the gospel once again. Lord, I pray for those who are here with us today. I pray that you would liberate them and free them. I pray that your deliverance and your healing and your salvation would come even this morning as the authority of your word is proclaimed. Not my word, but the authority of your word is proclaimed. Help me, Heavenly Father, to speak only that which is according to your word. And give to us, Lord, everything that we need to receive it by grace and then to live in it in the power of of the Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It's good to be back in the Pacific Northwest. I know a cold snap is headed our way, but um, where I used to live, I think they got close to three feet of snow, a blizzard, sub-zero temperatures. So I am very grateful for the warmth of the Pacific Northwest. I heard an article and some people thought it was kind of funny that people moved from the Midwest to Seattle for the weather. And uh, for those of you who, I grew up here too, but um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Well, today we we go to Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4. And I'm going to read our gospel lesson from Luke chapter 4, beginning with the 31st verse. But before I do that, I want to ask this question. When you, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, and when you compare his ministry to the ministry of the local church in North America today, do you see a difference? Is there a difference between Jesus' ministry and the ministry of the local church today? Um, And if you see a difference between Jesus' ministry and the ministry of the local church today, should that difference be there? Should that difference be there? Let's look today at Luke chapter 4, beginning with the 31st verse. And he, that is Jesus, went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath, and they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. I don't know if there's any other kind of demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ah, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down... In their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed, and they said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house, that is, Peter's house, Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf, and he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. 
And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many crying, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom to other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea, the gospel of the Lord. So we are grateful for the ministry of Jesus Christ. We're also grateful for the ministry of Jesus Christ through his church. Should there be a distinction between the ministry of Jesus, should there be any distinction between what he did 2,000 years ago and what is happening through the ministry of the church today? Should there be a distinction? When Jesus entered our world and ministered among us 2,000 years ago, he encountered and he ministered to, get this, he ministered to people who were hurting. He ministered to those who were hurting. And he went to them with power and authority. He cured diseases. He drove demons out. When Jesus traveled about ministering to people, he found those desperately needing good news. And so he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom to them. So here we have a ministry of, of what we would call exorcism, of healing, and of proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I ask this, and some people would say, yes, things have changed. But I ask this, has anything changed in our world? Now that we're 2,000 years removed from the ministry of Jesus Christ, has anything changed in the world? Are people not hurting still? Are they still not oppressed by the enemy? Do they still not need the good news, the kingdom? Has anything really changed over the past 2,000 years? I believe that people are the same today as they were 2,000 years ago. As Jesus traveled about, as Jesus reached out to hurting people, when he touched the leper, when he gave good news to the prostitute, when he opened the eyes of the blind, when he delivered people who were possessed by evil spirits, I believe the same ministry of Jesus is needed today. The type of ministry Jesus did 2,000 years ago is needed in the church and through the church for hurting people. You've noticed it. You've noticed it in your own life. You've noticed it in your interactions with other people that we are living in a hurting world that desperately needs the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Then our gospel lesson says that when Jesus ministered, that people were astonished. They were astonished for his word possessed authority. 
So much authority that his word that was preached was followed by these signs, these wonders, and these miracles. And it's interesting when we turn to the book of Acts, it's, it's seamless. When the church it was filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, they continued the same exact ministry of Jesus Christ. And it should still be seamless. We should still be continuing that ministry. I do believe the same is true. Our witness within this community, when we witness to this community, will be accompanied by this authority for healing. Not our authority, not by us, but of Jesus. Jesus still on mission today to heal, to deliver, and to impart a release from guilt, to bring salvation, to bring justification to those in need of the forgiveness of sins. Why would we believe anything different would happen through the ministry of Maple Park? Why would we believe that it would be different today? And I know, I know that through the ministry of this church, people who are hurting have been touched by Jesus Christ. I know that through the ministry of this church, there have even been healings and exorcisms. Some of you may not realize that, but within our churches, if we encounter those oppressed by the enemy, we recognize it and we face it, not in our authority, but in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ to deliver. I've witnessed similar signs throughout my ministry. Now, I need to tell you, I'm not a charismatic. I'm not a Pentecostal. I'm a Lutheran. I'm a Lutheran. I'm actually an old school traditional Lutheran. I'm what you would call a confessional Lutheran. If you don't know what that means, you can Google it. Yet I strongly believe and expect that Jesus will move, that he will heal, that he will deliver, and that he will save through the authority and the power of this message. There's a very interesting uh, book. It's entitled, I Am Not Afraid. I Am Not Afraid. It's about demonic possession and exorcism within the Lutheran church. It's written by Robert Bennett. He's a Lutheran pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And he tells the story in his book of believers in the Lutheran Church of Madagascar. He went and he did PhD research and work in Madagascar. And he tells the stories of the gospel of Jesus bringing deliverance and healing and salvation to those who were trapped in ancestor worship. See, in many parts of the world and even things that many of our missionaries have experienced that people worship the ancestors, they worship the spirits. They contact the spirits to, to receive some sort of blessing or some sort of power or to receive wealth. He says that when Norwegian Lutheran missionaries first went to Madagascar, 
that they encountered strange manifestations when they preached the gospel. Their gospel elicited strange responses from the people. The missionaries didn't know how to handle what was actually very real encounters with demonic forces. They didn't know how to deal with it. The missionaries assumed that the people needed psychological help or they needed medical help. After the Lutheran church had been established in Madagascar, these pastors, these African pastors of Madagascar, they had been trained in the word of God. They had been trained in the Lutheran confessions. They understood Lutheran doctrine. And they believed it with all of their heart. It was the African pastors who began to find from the scriptures and from our confessions ways to help people who had been oppressed and tormented by these spirits. These African pastors simply followed the ministry example of Jesus and the apostles as recorded in the Bible. And they very simply commanded in the name of Jesus, that these evil spirits would depart and people were delivered and they were set free. I want to read a, a portion of this book by Robert Bennett, I Am Not Afraid, by Concordia Publishing House. Up on the screen, please. The early missionary efforts in Madagascar tried to demythologize the people's understanding of demons, ancestors, and other spirits. At the same time, the missionaries were, were doing this. Now get this, they were demythologizing scriptures. That is, they were removing the spiritual realities from scripture and replacing them with fanciful myths and diagnosis of psychological diagnosis. Listen to this, such tactics left many without protection against spiritual attacks. The missionaries would not assist the demon-possessed, but instead thought them to be insane and in need only of medical or psychological healing. And listen to what he says, may the Lord protect us in the church today from such disbelief and grant us eyes to see the spiritual battle that confronts us through the eyes of him who has defeated sin, death, and the devil. Today, the Lutheran Church of Madagascar has a powerful ministry, not only preaching the gospel, teaching the catechism, and they teach the catechism, but also of exorcism and healing through pastors and trained lay people. Luke 4, 40 through 41. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on them, on every one of them, and he healed them, and demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to know that nothing has changed in 2,000 years. Nothing has changed. People still need the ministry of the church in the same way they needed the ministry of Jesus 
as he walked and as he ministered 2,000 years ago. Now I need to say this, that our culture is becoming more and more pagan. What do I mean by that? People are turning to mediums, spiritualists, uh, fortune tellers, horoscopes, and other forms of ancient pagan practices. And as they do, they, they will encounter very real and powerful forces, but it's not the power of God. And as North American society becomes more and more pagan, we have the great opportunity and the great privilege to bring the authority of Jesus and of the gospel and of his power into the lives of people who are oppressed and hurting. We go in the name of Jesus. And then the people in this community and in our neighborhood will also say, what is this word? What is this word? For with authority and power, this Jesus, not us, but this Jesus commands unclean spirits and they come out. What about you? What about you and your life? It would be thoughtless of me to assume that None of you come here today needing the ministry of Jesus in your life. Many of you come here today because you're hurting. You're hurting. And I want you to know this good news. I want you to know the good news of the, of the kingdom of God today. The good news of the kingdom of God for you. The kingdom of God is the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ. That is the kingdom. The kingdom is the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. Wherever his word is proclaimed, there Christ is present in authority, establishing his kingdom. Today you can enter into the kingdom of God. You can enter under the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ, your Savior, who offers you forgiveness, deliverance, and ultimate healing. How do we enter into the kingdom? Jesus said it best. He said, repent. Repent. Turn from all of that garbage Turn from sin. Understand that that is nothing but oppression. That is nothing but judgment. Repent and believe the good news of the kingdom that there is a Savior who died for you, that there is a Savior who rose for you, that there is a Savior that offers you the forgiveness of sins. You see, the Bible teaches that there are two kingdoms, only two, and you are in either one kingdom or the other kingdom. You can't be in between. Either you are in the kingdom of darkness or you are in the kingdom of God and of Christ 
and of light and of a son and of salvation. Everyone on planet Earth today is the citizen of one of two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness ruled by Satan or the kingdom of God. And those who repent of sin and believe the good news of Jesus' death by which he shed his blood to wash away your sins and by his resurrection has provided eternal life for you. Those are those who have entered into the kingdom of God. I have a scripture up on the screen, Colossians 1, 13 through 14. Listen to this. He, that is God, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness. And he's transferred us into the kingdom of what? Of, of, of his beloved son. And what do we have there? In whom we have what? Redemption. The forgiveness of sins. Amen. So the call of Jesus is the call of the church today. Repent and believe this good news of the kingdom of God in which there is redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And in Jesus, there is also power to deliver, power to heal, power to save. Does this mean that the believer's life is problem-free? Does this mean that you'll never be sick again? I know that for a fact. That doesn't mean I'm never going to be sick again. Does this mean you're never going to be frightened again? <coughs> Absolutely not. My dad is dealing with cancer for several years now. He has been dealing with cancers. And if you've ever walked through that with a loved one, you know the, the ups and the downs. Good news one day, terrible news the next day. That's life, right? But he knows the Lord. He knows Jesus Christ as a Savior. And he's at peace. He's at peace no matter what God chooses for him. He's at peace. Um, he's at peace because he knows that if it's a miracle, if there's a healing, if his cancer is taken away, that's great. That's awesome, right? We will all rejoice. But he's also at peace because he knows that if God chooses not to do a healing in his body today, he knows that he will be healed. He knows that his healing is coming. He will be delivered from this terrible thing. It may not be in this life, but he knows for sure that Jesus is his savior, that he will enter into heaven, that he will receive a new resurrection body that can never be infected with cancer again and can never die again and will live forever and ever. Amen. You might struggle in your life with sickness, with depression, with any host of things. Do you know that even though the Apostle Paul was stricken with some kind of debilitating condition, 
We don't know what it was. He simply said it was a thorn in the flesh. Could have been a handicap, an illness, a mental disorder. We don't know what it was. And he prayed. He prayed that the Lord would take it away. And God said, no, I'm not taking this away. But God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. The greatest healing isn't your body being fixed today or all of your problems being just magically taken away today. The greatest healing comes in knowing that God's power, his grace is sufficient. It is enough through every experience of human frailty and pain and suffering. That's the great miracle. You see, if you're never tormented by Satan, if you're never sick in your body, if you never feel the guilt of sin, you will never cry out to Jesus Christ. So it's these difficulties in life which bring about and bring to us a great gift that we would reach out to Jesus, that we would reach out to him and find in him that he is all sufficient. I love, on a close of this today, I love Martin Luther's hymn. It's entitled, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And uh, in the old green hymnal, if you grew up in a Lutheran church that wasn't a Lutheran brother in church, how many of you know what I'm talking about when you talk about the green hymnal? I have a couple of hands there. In the green hymnal, that is Lutheran Book of Worship. There's different lyrics to A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And I love the, the last stanza of this hymn. And I think I have it on the screen, possibly. Yes. Listen to this and abide in this. God's word forever shall abide. No thanks to foes who fear it. For God himself fights by your side with weapons of the spirit. Now listen to this. Were they to take your house, your goods, your honor, your child, your spouse? Many of you have been through that in life. You know what it's like to have everything taken by Satan. You've experienced that. And though life be wrenched, wrenched away, they cannot win the day. Why? The kingdom's ours forever. The kingdom is ours forever and ever. Your ultimate deliverance, your ultimate healing, your ultimate salvation will be realized when he comes again to resurrect your mortal flesh. We are blessed. We are blessed beyond measure. We cannot measure how incredible this grace and this gift is. So today we pray, we pray for you, we pray for your deliverance, we pray for your healing, we pray for your salvation. And we have the guarantee that all of these prayers will be fulfilled for you. He speaks with authority. And what he speaks, he accomplishes. So I invite you today to trust the Lord in prayer. Trust the Lord in prayer, not just today, but every day. And here are two petitions I want you to pray. I want you to pray these over yourself, and I want you to pray these over your neighbors.
and your friends and your co-workers, your buddies. Deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. And when you pray that prayer, guess what? Guess what? Satan flees. Deliver us from the evil one. And pray thy kingdom come. People need the kingdom. They need to be delivered from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ where there is redemption and the forgiveness of sin. So pray, focus on those two petitions. Deliver us from the evil one and let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come first of all into my heart and into my life. And then, Lord, may your kingdom enter into the lives of those that I interact with on a daily basis. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, once again, I do pray for those who are with us today. I pray that you would touch, that you would heal, that you would strengthen. I pray that you would do your great work among them. And I pray that through us and through our witness, as we go as a people of prayer, praying praying that you would deliver us from the evil one and praying, praying not only that we would be delivered, but that our communities would be delivered and that our friends and our relatives would be delivered. And we also uh, pray that your kingdom would come, that it would be accomplished according to your will and your plans and your purposes. So may your Holy Spirit empower and strengthen and carry this congregation into the mission fields of their neighborhoods and of their spheres of influence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.